Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we discuss all things Blizzard, because that's what we do on this podcast. And you can't stop us, because we already did it. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Hi, I'm Matt Rossi, I'm the host, and along with me this week are two magnificent, just absolutely ham-on-the-core type co-hosts. They will they will core your ham or ham your core. I don't know which, because I don't have ESPN, but... They do, so they got to see it. Um, today, we, you know, first off, I'm going to introduce Ann Stickney. Ann, you saw the ESPN thing, right? I saw the last match. I ah. didn't see the rest of it. Okay, and you, and you and Adam can talk about it then later. Did, what did okay. you think? It was super fun. I kind of wish that I had caught the earlier matches, but th- there was like, um, it was on ESPN2, and my dad was very much into seeing what was on the other channel with the baseball that he understands. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I was, it's, did it make you think you want to play it more? Because I don't know if you've really even played here as much. Uh, I've played it a little bit, but not enough that, like, I'm, that particular style of game, um, MOBA, the MOBA games. MOBA. Is it, do you call it MOBA? MOBA. Yes. I'm going to call it MOBA. Anyway, so games like that, League of Legends, Dota, you know, all that style. Are, is StarCraft even. StarCraft could be considered that too, correct? No. Mm, not really. No? no? No. Okay, so basically Dota, LOL, and then this. They are not, it's not the type of game that I get into. I'm not, I don't play competitive very often because I don't really have a lot of confidence in how well I can play, and I don't really want to ruin anybody else's time by well, based being a on, bad player. Based on watching your pet battling against Adam, apparently you're a lot better at it than you think you are. I went ham on Adam. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I let you win. Uh-huh. Sure you did. Speaking of someone who let people win, our, we have our own Adam Holisky with us. Adam, you wanted to explain what ham on the core meant, so I'm going to let do. you do that. Um, do I want to go back and beat bleep myself out? No, I don't. So, Ham, so this, uh, interestingly enough, last night, uh, Nathera tweeted that Ham on the core, right? Yeah, Ham yeah. on the core, not in, it's Ham on the core. Ham on the core originally was something that was said by the Steelers coach back in like the 70s and everything like that. Um, so really? I gather it's like a football term or like a, a gaming term, uh, competitive sports term i don't know i had never heard it until last night uh pun googling it i found out that it actually means and this is based on something that rossi encouraged me to to look up well he thought it meant it means going hard as a mother effer on the core right so that's what going ham on the core means okay is that you're you're really doing that to the core. <laughs> You're just really giving it to the core. You are, as a... As Hard a, as uh, a... Bleep! So, I had, like... As Shaq. I had, uh, had an interesting day today, because, you know, I, here I am, working, writing stuff up, getting things t- done, taken care of, and then I was getting dinner ready, and my brother comes home, from work as he does and he walks in and he's got this weird look on his face and he looks at me and he goes can I ask you a question? I said yeah sure. He goes what does ham on the core mean? (laughs) 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 And I had to like explain this because our circles do not cross like 
he has his own. I, I mean, the only the only real thing that we having we like the same cartoon shows sometimes. Like that's about it, really. I, it's like two completely different worlds here. So the fact that what happened on ESPN apparently trickled down to his workplace to where he heard it and ca- that was weird. That was just down that, weird. That is a little weird. It's I know this much. I don't we don't have ESPN on two up here. I know that for a fact, and I don't think we even have ESPN, at least not around here. Maybe we do in some parts of Canada, but I don't think we have it in Edmonton. If we if we do, it's not on my cable package. But oh. I saw I saw various tweets relating to Heroes of the Storm for like the entirety of yesterday and most of today. Like it so, was everywhere. Should I think- we just like explain what happened and everything like that? I don't think we've done that yet. Oh, go right. ahead. We like, should actually talk about it anyway because it's big news. Yeah, yeah. might as well because so, we just kind of went from intros right into that. So. I mean, it's it's actually really big news, right? And yeah. what's gone on is there's been this storm of the dorm, Heroes of the Dorm thing, right? Going on with uh, with Blizz Heroes, are, right? And they the have... Competitive Heroes of the Storm co- tournament, collegiate. Right. And they've taken all these teams from all the colleges around the U.S. and... They matched together and blah, 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 blah. You get down to the final four, whatever it was, for the tournament. That that aired on ESPN3 during the day and then was on the finals were on ESPN2. Well, ESPN3 was enough exposure, I think, for it. And because that you were able to get like on your Roku, you were able to stream it on a lot of cable stations and blah, blah, blah. When it gets on ESPN2, it's like nationwide coverage. Now, ESPN2 normally has things like poker. Um, competitive eating. It's had uh, competitive dancing on it. Yeah. It's had a lot, of, um, a, lot, a lot of everything. Children's fashion shows. Yes. And now it's had esports. This they is not a bad thing by any means. Say what you will. Honestly, competitive dancing is pretty hard. Oh, yeah. yeah I so. like watching that stuff. Ballroom dancing? I could True. watch that all day. ESPN2 has also been home of the spelling bee. Yeah. Um, for some reason, what happened was, and, and this is actually what's a really good thing, is there's two great teams going at it, uh, Arizona State University and uh, UC Berkeley. Uh, phenomenal teams and just really, really, really good, too. I mean, my hat's off to them all. Uh, UC Berkeley ended up winning the final uh, round, and they won the tournament 3-2. Uh, to two. Oh, my gosh, and that um, last game was like... A nail biter, like, like the whole way through. It was oh. even, even like anybody could have won, anybody could have lost up until the very moment. And UC Berkeley came through and went ham on the core. Um, <laughs> but what happened was, is, as this was on ESPN2, slowly people were like, what's going on? And the nation kind of woke up to the fact that there are video games going on. And if you go read the responses on Twitter, just like Twitter search for ESPN2, and you will see, my God, it was so... Um, some of the reactions from people that are definitely not in anybody that's listening to us talk were really, really funny. Um, and kind of sad, too, going to be I honest. Like people who were asking why there was Dungeons & Dragons on ESPN. Right. <laughs> oh, that was great. I mean, I'd honestly, honestly, I would love to see like a, a competitive like D&D LARPing event with, uh, with some of the D&D authors out there. Oh, that's just geez. me, though. Um, but either way, it was this huge, successful thing for Blizzard. We're hopefully going to find out what the ratings of the event were tomorrow. Uh, but either way, I think Blizzard and ESPN are probably looking at it as a big success. It was trending on Twitter, and it was not all negative. It was, it was half negative, half like positive. crazy on Twitter. Right, and 
that's most of the negative stuff I saw on want. Twitter was really just like I wish people would stop talking about this, which is you know, okay, Twitter talks about what it talks about, man. Right, and it it was a thing, and it was cool, and um, I mean, I was sitting there and I watched some of it during the day, and I was explaining to my wife what this all was about. Yes, this is like a video game thing, and she said, "Oh, this is one of them that you cover." Yes, it is. And then we talked about Dota and how it works and everything like that. And she's at the end of it, she got it, and I then got to watch the rest of it too, which was nice. Um, so yeah, and then we had the infamous Hammond of the Core. The announcers are very, they're very professional at times. They're like dressed in suits and everything like that, like you'd find on any ESPN show, which I think is really cool. Uh, I want I want Ham on. I want that to be just like absorbed into regular sports vernacular. Uh, you know, like the uh, who was it? Like the Arizona somebody- Diamondbacks today tweeted something going ham on the core. No, the St. St. Louis Rams. Rams. The St. Louis Rams did. It was yeah. great last night. Um, no, well, I, I, I seriously, I want to hear like the broadcast, like the Yankees broadcaster <laughs> talking about a Rod. He went ham on that ball. That would be great. I'd be all for that. If they were a little bit more like the announcers for the esports people, I would be even more into these games. Than I don't I already am. I like Day 9 a lot. The other guys were good. Everybody was good. Don't get me wrong. But there's some things that just like got on my nerves a lot. This constant, like, at the end of it, where all of them yell in unison very loudly and excitedly, GG to each other. Like, don't do that. That's yeah, unnecessary. That funny, too. <laughs> and get off, get off of his lawn, by the way. Absolutely get off of like lawn. Yeah. They're treading on the grass great. that's not growing yet, and they're going to wreck it for the summer so get off my lawn when somebody as ancient as me says this to you adam you need to rethink <sighs> all right let's move talk about some emails now as is always the case here on the blizzard watch podcast if you have an email you would like to send to us send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and we'd be more than happy to look at it and answer it um we can't answer every email we get but we try and answer as many as we can and we know it can be about anything you'd like uh, it can be about any of the games we cover at this point, which is all of Blizzard. So if Blizzard does it, you can ask us about it. It can be lore. It can be you know game mechanics, whatever. We will do our best to answer whatever we get. Uh, first email is from Galeforce, an orc shaman from Magtheridon EU. I think that's Magtheridon EU. I don't know why the word news is after it. I, I, that confused EU me. news. Yeah, uh, you got me. I don't know. No uh, greetings, watchers. Pleased to see you doing well on your new site. We're pleased to see it as well. Thank you. Does anyone have a kazoo? We need to get a kazoo. No, I don't. We no, didn't have, have a kazoo one. on the other one. Yeah, we should totally have a kazoo. Matt McCurley, bring us a kazoo. <laughs> In regards to the next expansion and 6.2 being possibly the last raid tier slash large content patch of Warlords of Draenor, why does everyone assume the next expansion has to be announced at BlizzCon in, North- in November? Surely there is the possibility that it could be announced at another ga- gaming event or even a standalone event. Both E3 and Gamescom could serve as where, where it is announced. Don't forget they announced Reaper of Souls at Gamescom. Or do you think Blizzard will save the announcement for BlizzCon because that is what everyone just expects them to do? Personally, I think an announcement at gaming event and then a big blowout of information at BlizzCon would also please attenders. Or do you simply think that there will be another large content patch before the next expansion? Regards, Gale Force. Uh, no, honestly, the reason I think it's going to be at BlizzCon is because they have always done that. You know, it's World of Warcraft is their biggest cash cow. Yeah. To my knowledge. Yeah. And 
when they announce it, they announce it at BlizzCon because it can pretty much overshadow and run the whole of it. Like, it can fuel that whole weekend. They've For got a couple panels more days, through the too. whole thing. And it gives them something exciting to talk about. Boom, right off the bat. And that's that's their convention about their games. That's why they do it there. Um, Reaper of Souls, I, I was pretty interested. I was kind of happy to see that they like did the announcement over at Gamescom because I thought that was great. Um, but I don't see them doing a World of Warcraft expansion announcement anywhere yeah. but BlizzCon. Remember that Reaper of Souls outperformed expectations quite a bit? Yeah, like it it's it's very popular, but they weren't it, people. Diablo three did not have the buzz going that into Warcraft that expansion. on a daily basis. Diablo three was also in a very bad spot when they released Reaper's Souls. Yeah, like Reaper, it was Reaper, in a, yeah, Reaper re- righted the ship. It yeah. did in a big, big, big way. Like D three was on the verge of collapse. We have um, to remember too that the last BlizzCon we just saw was fairly atypical. Yeah, and that they they already had they didn't have anything new to announce for World of Warcraft really. And they had, you know, um, they had Heroes of the Storm, they had uh, Hearthstone, and they had Overwatch to announce. And so it was a much more widespread BlizzCon than BlizzCons we've seen previously. Usually when there's a, like, the BlizzCon before, that was big Warlords announcement. And that I, was, I don't, you know, I don't know if we've... The announcements are usually every other year. They yeah. usually are, but I don't know if we talked about this or not, but we were, we were prepared for an expansion announcement going into BlizzCon 2014. Yeah. Um, as of, like, we were prepared as in we we had the buttons ready to go to make that announcement happen on our end, and we were hovering our finger over the go well, button. That's, and part and of that, it was really odd that we didn't get one. Yeah, and part of that, Very. I mean, I think part of that, too, was that this year or excuse me, last year, they had the 10th and the 20th anniversary of Warcraft and World of Warcraft. It was the 10th anniversary of World of Warcraft. It was the 20th of the Warcraft franchise, which is like, that's some big, impressive numbers right there. So you kind of expect, going into it, that they're going to announce something big having to do with that just because of the whole nature of the anniversary. And And that just didn't happen. It didn't. And returning to the original email, too, I I do think there's a chance they could announce the expansion outside of BlizzCon this year, if only because they need to do something with content. Um, I think everybody's been pretty disappointed in Draenor so far, in that the content has dried up really fast. Well, and it hasn't really dried up really fast so much as there hasn't been any new content since launch. There's been quality of life fixes, but really, what actual content has there been since launch? There was a new raid, but that raid wasn't connected to the last patch. Right. That raid was just a staggered release, you know? And it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. They've said they, they want to keep this... They, they want to release expansions faster. They're going to only have a certain amount of patches here. And it's looking like this last content patch, 6.3, might be it. Um for content patches at least. So are we really going to wait? 6.2 like, you mean? Yeah. 6.2, yeah. Are we really going to wait until November to hear about what's next? It depends on and when 6.2 comes out. Does that mean we're going to be waiting? Though. Well, right. But even if 6.2 comes out in July or August, it's still way too long of a wait. And beyond that, are we going to be waiting another year? Like that's that's some game death time in there, I think. And I, I yeah, hope they don't do point. that. I really, I really hope that we get an announcement 
within the next couple months of what the next expansion is going to be. And then I hope that come BlizzCon, it's beta time. I really, 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 really hope that. I want them to hit us with the announcement and the beta at BlizzCon. Like, both. They could do it. There were some people who were theorizing that the movie was going to be timed with the game release. Um, No. They don't do that. Those are two separate industries. It's sort of like... um, trying to plan a book, a published book to come out with the release of something else. I mean, I, I think if that there's there's going to be story similarities. Lining it up is tricky enough. Right. But then there's also the fact that they just pushed back the release of the movie because they saw enough potential in that film that they decided it should be a summer release. Well, there's also, there's a lot, as big as like the World of Warcraft is and as big as this market that it exists in mm-hmm. the movie market is huge compared to it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that there we're going to, I think we're going to get a game released before the movie. I, I just hope I pray that we do. I hope that we get it around January or December. Like I December, you're pushing it. I do not see the release by December. No way. When did Burning Crusade originally come out? Was it February? Was it January. January or February? January. I remember. Okay. I couldn't remember. I remembered it was winter. I couldn't remember if it was like January. It was January 2007. Yes, okay. it was. Snowing and blizzarding in Fargo when I went and got my game. Yeah. yeah I was, it was my first year, my first full year living in Canada. I was in Edmonton. So January in Canada, I was outside waiting for it. <laughs> So, yeah, nice. I it was really we sunny where I was at because I was still living in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, I, I had just moved. From, hung out. I had, I literally just moved from Seattle to Edmonton that year. So yeah. Okay, next question uh, didn't get signed unfortunately, but it's still a good question. Uh, Hello, watchers. I have a fun question for you. I was watching my husband play StarCraft and thought it would be a lot of fun to have him go as Rainer for Halloween with me as Kerrigan and our infant daughter as a Zergling. It won't happen. I'm not that crafty. But I wish that we could. So I'm curious. If you guys could go as any Blizzard character for Halloween or cosplay or whatever, what would you do? Adam? Come back to me. Okay. And? I have no idea. I don't... I don't... I like watching cosplayers. I think it's amazing what they do. And I think they come up with some of the most jaw-droppingly beautiful costumes I've ever seen. I'm continually impressed every time we go to BlizzCon. But to me, it's not something I ever see myself doing. And I can't even like think off the top of my head of any Blizzard character that I would remotely resemble. <laughs> so... I would go as Matt Rossi's warrior. Uh, that's sad because I. <laughs> if you go as the one I'm currently on in the stream, then you're going to be awfully different. It's okay. I but, can deal uh, with it. I was secure. It's funny. I actually have an idea. I've always had an idea for this. And this is assuming that money's no object and I can get like the, the proper gear made to look cool. I would go as Anduin Lothar. Yeah. Because I'd have Ashkandi. Because I'd have Ashkandi and I'd have like old school Warcraft armor on, and I'd just basically be my grizzled old self. The only the only downside would be I might have to shave my head because Ooh. he was bald. Ooh, can't you be Anduin Lothar with hair? Oh, 
No, that seems kind of like, thick. Yeah, that <laughs> seems pushing it. He's bald in every picture of him I've ever seen. Although there's that young Lothar picture. Be, be the young Anduin Lothar. Be the be the one that was like besties with with Medivh before he went all crazy and exploding. <laughs> I now have ideas for the two of you. Uh, Adam has to go as Lane, and you have to go as Medivh. Oh my I god, that would be a really terrible Medivh. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> You would sell it with your lore knowledge. It would be fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I actually think, though, that's kind of a cool question because, I mean, I've always, like, I don't have the the ability to make that kind of stuff either, and I'm always really impressed when I see people doing it. Um, last Did year's costume contest was amazing. So Yeah, it wasn't, I don't think it was last week. I think it was the week before, maybe, where we had that, we had that piece on that gal who made a shadow morn. Did you guys see that? I don't think no. I, I was out for a little bit there. Oh my gosh, she created Shadowmorn from like scratch, and it was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. It oh, all, I saw that on the page. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how people th- that takes talent, like ridiculous amounts of talent beyond just sewing. There's there, there are some involved in, in, in sculpture and painting and all this. That it's just it's. It's absolutely mind-blowing to me. There are some really good ones. I, I, The one that always sticks out to me, of course, is the real-life Tier 6 warrior. <laughs> I mean, I would I would like wear that around the house if I could. You, It really gets kind of uncomfortable. Our personal experience here, or are you just saying? I've actually worn real armor. I haven't worn Tier 6. Have you seriously? But, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my, grandf- my grandfather actually had a replica set of what they call... Um, Maximilian plate or field, Maximilian field plate. What's and, uh, what would I recognize that as? Uh, actual medieval armor, like plate mail. If oh, you've nice. seen, have you seen the movie Excalibur? Huh? The armor they're wearing in Excalibur looks kind of like it. Oh, Which, cool. by the way, is completely ahistorical. This stuff didn't even get remotely invented until the 1400s, and it only lasted till about the 1680s or so. Huh. And then guns came along, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, crap." This this. 45 pounds of metal I'm wearing does, does nothing against bullets. People I be like, still, I think, I think the most impressive costume, probably one of the higher rated ones, in my opinion, it was from a couple of years ago. Uh, the, the gal that did the Starcraft. Do you guys oh. remember that one? Yeah. Uh, the, the agent, Ag- yes. uh, adjutant or whatever. Yeah. 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 The robot. That was <laughs> really, really impressive. Every, oh my god! And like, what I really, fi- what I loved about it was, it was an accurate, like oh. representation. Like, it had the right number of tubes and everything. It was down to the last detail. Like every cable and wire and everything else was just, it was gorgeous. I Absolutely. really wish I had the time to do that with my life. I really, really, really do. Yeah. <sighs> oh. Okay. Well, moving on to the next email. This one's actually. Uh, Fairly simple, since we were talking about Heroes of the Dorm, it's worth talking about. Hello, Watchers. Um, question. What are some of the easier heroes or roles to start in with for beginners to the genre and Heroes of the Storm while you learn the game and still contribute to your team's success, even if you don't know everything yet? Uh, well, I don't play a lot of heroes, but when I did play it, I found a Tyriel to be the easiest one to play. He's kind of a mixed, he's a sort of melee, but he also sort of like supports the group. Yeah. I, I liked him. Uh, I also liked him because it's Tyriel. You know, there's no right answer here, yeah. um, which is the the real fortunate thing I think about heroes is that it's 
an easy enough game that you're going to be able to pick up a hero and understand the basics of it within an hour, especially if you sit down and read through the talents and the ability descriptions beforehand. Also, Heroes comes with a tutorial mode. Like when it starts, there's a tutorial you can do where you, you get it plugged into Rainer. Right. Really yeah. easy. Really easy to figure everything out. Like it, it seriously, it hand holds you through the whole process. So by the time you're done with all those tutorials, you know exactly what you're doing. Like the only one I wouldn't suggest would be Diablo and uh, the three Vikings, the Lost Vikings, right? The Vikings are really complicated, but they're cool. And really and who cares if you're like if you're just starting out chances are you're not going to get paired up with people that are going to be super into it even though they might act like it they're probably not um so just go and try it out and have fun and don't worry about practicing it's not the the environment and the community that surrounds heroes is not like league of legends and it's not which is i think has like a toxic um uh, reputation and heroes is not a toxic place right now in that huge of a regard i, I gotta say that league has done a lot to make to combat that they have they they really have they've been working no, they on- have. i i agree no i i totally agree but i think the reputation is still there for a lot of people that don't play it like even just in talking to gamers that i know that don't play league of legends or aren't really into it and paying attention to it their references to that why would i want to do that it's just going to be as bad as going and playing magic at a uh, at a magic the gathering tournament or something so okay next up uh the lore question which i put in because you know hey it's us um this one is from newly i think uh newly from Turalian us scarlet crusade guild greetings to you all thank you for your time there's universal oh, debate wait hmm? hold up we have a list of questions here. Do we yeah. want to go over these one at a time? I think we probably will. Okay, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, this, There is universal debate as to whether 6.2 is the end of Warlords of Draenor. I would like your thoughts on the following. The final boss of this raid is published to be Archimond. Uh, it, I've been in debate. It is the PTR. It is absolutely Archimond. Uh, yet it has been stated several times in an official manner that Gromash Hellscream would be the final boss of the expansion. Unless Archimond and Gromash have the same relationship in their timeline as Kil'jaeden and Ner'zhul had in the WoW standard timeline, there will be at least one more patch or, or, or closure event. However, Archimond and Gromash may indeed be a thing. Any evidence to that effect? No. Uh, it's entirely not the case that there's any specific relationship between Archimond and Gromash. And uh, we were talking about this, I think. Uh, if there's a device isn't there like a toy or an artifact or something that has archimon say to kill Jaden that he's taken over yeah it's a burning legion missive you get it out in talador from a rare that's like just outside of uh over by where um oh my gosh i can't remember his name it just went right out of my head uh i know who you're talking about nobundu yeah right over by where nobundu is fighting um right outside of Hawkendoon in that area. There's a rare spawn there, and he drops his thing, and it's called a Burning Legion Missive. And when you click it, it brings up a hologram of Archimond, who's talking about how ridiculously cranky he is that Kill Jaden has failed in what he was supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, uh, I know, you, you know, people say this, the whole, it's been say, stated several times, a bunch of devs have said that it's, uh, well, no. he's going to be the final boss. Da, 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 da. Okay, devs lie. <laughs> but, 
particularly when it comes to story, if they want to keep the surprise element in there for the story, or they don't, you know. Plus, I don't think it was ever actually like. I think the closest we got was like just an off-the-hand comment. Oh yeah, sure, it's Gromash. Sure, well, it's, why not? it was it's not. Gromash. We'll just it, say it's Gromash. Why not? No, it wasn't. It wasn't it like. Um, uh, Kosak who said it? Like, I think very the last person. I think Blizzcon. the last person who said it wasn't even a lore dev. I think it was like one of the team devs or whatever. It wasn't somebody that was sitting as Ghost the dev. Ghostcrawler said it, and he just didn't care. So there you go. <laughs> no, uh, in, in terms of that, so yeah, we'll move on to the next question, which is: Goldon is too big a character to kill off screen. Besides, with Archimon dead, who will lead the armies of Sargeras? It appears he's being set up as the next expansion's big creator of conflict. Any thoughts or favorite ideas on story direction? Uh, I mean, I I agree. I've said several times that I think Goldon is not going to die in this raid. He's certainly not going to die. Like, here's things I don't expect Goldon to do. He's not going to die in this raid. He certainly isn't going to die in somebody else's fight. That would be absurd. There's just no way. I just don't buy that. Um, that's ridiculously anticlimactic for this entire expansion. I, I, that's what I was thinking is that Ar- that Gul'dan is somehow going to be involved in whatever the next expansion is. Um, especially since I don't know, Andy, did you notice that they say they, the Archimon fights in what's it, the Black Gate? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Didn't what, what did you think when you saw that? Um. Okay. So when I went to the Black Gate, air quoting here. Um, it's at the site, I believe, of where the dark portal was when we tore it down. Um, I took some screenshots of it. You can see those. There's a gallery on the website of Hellfire Citadel. And um, the screenshots that I took, okay, it's a gate. It's green. It's glowing. Right next to it is one of those, you know, those statues they always have by the dark portal of the guys with the hoods and Okay, there was one of those kind of tilted off to the side, like like the gate had just kind of either been constructed or smashed down on top of where the dark portal used to be. Um, I don't know if that's accurate, though. I don't know if it's exactly where the dark portal was at, but it's it's not in Hellfire Citadel. It doesn't appear to be in the immediate vicinity of Hellfire Citadel. It's kind of off a little bit. Um I personally, I don't think that Gul'dan's going to be involved in the final encounter. I don't think that we're going to kill Gul'dan because, if I remember right, all of the language that I've seen in regards to achievements say that we defeated him. And when they say defeat and they don't say kill, that means that person's probably alive somewhere down the road. Um... Going back to the question, though, any thoughts or favorite ideas on story directions? We needed to take a beat away from the orcs. And honestly, we should have done this, like, after after Mr. Pandaria, really. I think that they would have been better served had Garrosh gotten away, and we went a different direction entirely, took a breather, got away from the whole Alliance Horde orc Orcapalooza that we're going, we've got going on here, and let him come back later and catch us by surprise. Oh, and uh, I think that that would have, like, you know, put us in a better place where we wouldn't be getting burnt out on orcs as far as that goes, because there is that kind of general 
perception that ugh, everything is always about orcs and everybody's really tired of orcs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I would like to see going into the next expansion is I'd like to see us take a step away from Gul'dan, take a step away from Draenor, take a step away from anything orc related, go back to someplace different, deal with something entirely different, some in, you know, new big peril that's popped up somewhere, don't know where. See, here's the thing though, what you just said just got me thinking. Yeah. And I went and looked at the achievement for uh-huh. defeating Archimonde, and it is an achievement for defeating Archimonde. Yeah. No, not we're not going to kill him. Archimonde. Are you kidding me? We're not going to kill him. We're going to probably kick him back to the Twisting Nether, but I don't did think we, we're going to kill him. Did we kill him in BC? Yes, oh, we yeah. did. Like, kill killed. And I think that's well, why they... Well, Crusade, I, what we did was we went through the Caverns of Time, and we went back to the Third War. When he was, yeah, when he was killed in the, in the Third War. And he was killed in the Third War. When that tree went kaboom with all the wisps and everything, yeah, no, he detonated. There was nothing left. He ceased to be. He was an ex-Eridar, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he's just, he's just pining. He's just pining for the he's Nether. He's just pining. <laughs> No, it was made very clear that he was yeah. he was dead, dead as a doornail, so, dead. Yeah, I just um, think we're gonna we're gonna basically see an Archimon pulling a kill uh, kill Jaden at the end of uh, BC here. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of Burning Crusade, you know, when you go to the Sunwell, you don't even loot Kill Jaden's corpse. You loot the necklace that comes off of him when he's being sucked back into the Sunwell and presumably the Twisting Nether. Kill Jaden's still out there. Yeah, he's and still angry. alive and well and really angry. I just think it's interesting that, you know, it's just interesting to think about what the possibilities are. Uh, one of the things that got me was they put out the Apocrypha story. Like, do you remember that I last week? Oh, yeah, that I story. Read that yet. Put mm-hmm. that story out last week, and then they put, you know, we, we know that Shadow Sage Iskar ends up in in uh, Hellfire Citadel as Shadow yeah. Lord Iskar. Yeah. And all of the stuff in that raid is stuff we saw when we were down in, um, it's all adherent stuff. Um, yeah. The adherence of Rookmar. Did you notice Iskar's model has wings? Yes. Ooh. He now before he, when he was Shadow Sage, he was a cursed Arakoa. He did yeah. not have wings. In fact, in the story, his wings get cut off before oh, he gets cursed. Oh please, his what? wings get cut off. It's it's go read the story for God's sake. His wings get cut off. The story um, was great. Thanks, it's, um... thanks for wrecking it, Matt. It's His wings are cut off when you see him. Oh my god! And you're playing the game. He has no wings. Ah, the story that we're talking about—it's called Apocrypha. It's um, by Matt Burns, who did what did he do? He did Bleeding Sun, and he did. There was one more. Bleeding Sun was the one I really remember. Oh, he did the Jade Hunters. Both of those were short stories during Miss Pandaria when they were doing the faction short stories, um, and. Uh, this one was really good. I mean, we were just talking on the podcast like last week, wasn't it? Yep. About how we wanted more Arakoa lore. Yeah. And then boom, the they hit us with ago. a short story. So, hey. It's interesting. Here's use a- more Arakoa lore if you want to release another short story. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing that got me, though. Um, I was looking at that, at that bit. Like, I was actually writing a KOL that mm-hmm. I didn't get finished because I'm having a horrible week. And uh, I noticed that. You've got them in the you've got them in the raid. It's not just him; it's a whole bunch of adherent tech. Yeah. Uh, it's a bunch of you know priests of Rukmar and so forth. And I said to myself, when we looked at the end of Miss of Pandaria, we kind of got a sneak peek at this expansion through that raid. Yeah, not entirely, but a little bit. And I was like, could this actually be an expansion where we don't go anywhere? 
Oh God, I hope not. I know. I, there's Look, pros I've and been cons stuck there, yeah. in this garrison, and it was really charming to begin with, and it's quietly been getting less and less charming as time goes on. You're starting to yeah, but you're going to have your boat. You're soon going to have your boats. See, you know I'm not, I'm not necessarily a fan of minigames, so I, I'm not... The boat. The <laughs> but I, I, I do wonder, like, you know, will this be the expansion where instead of going through a portal and going to another world, will we go south to that continent down there? Do you know what I mean? Like, the continent that we haven't seen be. yet? I mean, because we've, in the past, when we've had expansions in Azeroth, we've gone to new continents in Azeroth, but we've never gone to new continents on another world. Yeah, the problem that I have with that, the only problem that I have with that is that when they were discussing this, you know, they were talking about all this stuff when they announced uh, Warlords of Draenor at BlizzCon, they said that um, the southern continent was primarily ogre stuff. Yeah. Well, we just dealt with High Mall. And we just kind of cut down the 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 big kahuna of ogredom as far as yeah. that is concerned. That's true, but I mean, I mean we murdered the imperator. There's, there's. What I've been thinking about though is in terms of like, what if it was? What if we ended up seeing the the roots of the apexis? That might be interesting. But then again, this is just something I thought while I was looking at it. For that matter, I mean, the, the Black Gate achievement makes me think we're going to be. This expansion could be one of those situations where at the end of the raid, we jump through a portal and we're on a new planet. That That's how we go to the next expansion. Boom! Right, right through that portal. What, what? Now? We're not going to have a clean... No, no, go right in. Immediately. Just head on in. Quite, go, go quickly. You have, to do, you have to do Hellfire on LFR and jump through the Black Gate at the yeah. end. That's how you get to the new expansion. <laughs> No, I don't see that happening. I don't know. Like I said, like I said, I think that they would have been better served had we taken a breather after Siege of Orgrimmar and done something else, just gotten away from the whole orc thing. And then at the end of that something else, like out of nowhere, boom, dark portal goes red, orcs start pouring through it. And we're like, what? You know, oh, wait, that's right. We let Garrosh go. See, I, this the is thing bad, is, guys. And then at this we point, jump into though, Warlords of Draenor. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that that, that at this sort point, of though, flow have, perspective, yeah. it would have broken it up a little bit. Because right now, I think, I think part of the problem right now is that people are just getting really tired of orcs. Yeah, I can see that. But the problem <laughs> trolls, I'm having is don't that... Don't do a troll at, raid. No, Sorry. be quiet, you. At this point, I honestly can't see how they cannot have more Burning Legion do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it seems like they're leading up to the whole Burning Legion conf- confrontation thing. But the the problem that I have with that is that, you know, once you get to Sargeras, Sargeras is like the be-all and end-all of oh. evil in the universe, aside from been, the old gods. If we deal saying, with him, what's left? They've been saying for a while that we're eventually going to confront Sargeras. Yeah. That we're eventually going to be confronting the Burning Legion. Right. Yeah, I, I think the time has come. Right? No. That's well, not for Sargeras, I don't think. I think Sargeras, for one thing, Sargeras isn't even in charge of Legion anymore. And but let's. I'm going to actually answer this last question because it kind of fits into what we're talking about. Go right ahead. Do individual timelines have their own copies of the whole Sargeras slash Archimon slash Kil'jaeden group? Is there anyone in the universe above the constraints of timelines? Old gods, Titans, the Bronze Dragonflight, Murlocs? Uh, right now, I'll tell you at least two. At least two of those guys absolutely have their own copies. Because our Archimond is dead. And their Archimond isn't. See, the um, only thing that I can think of with that is that 
we not only switched realities, we went back in time when we did it. So we went back before the third war, before Archimonde would have died in our timeline. Okay, but then that opens the possibility that when we killed Manoroth and he got reanimated as zombie Manoroth, that would change our history. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so conflicting. And I, you know, we talked about, I talked about this a bit in the queue over the weekend because I got this exact question and I said, there's no real way to tell either way because there's hints that could point in either direction and it's never been confirmed. And the thing is, is you start to look at that too closely and your eyes will cross and your brain will slowly dribble out of your ears. Nah, time travel really isn't that complicated. I have no problem with this. I mean, we're no, following Star not, Trek. Star it's Trek, not uh, just time travel. It's the, it's the whole thought of, well, okay, do any of these guys exist outside of reality? If there, is there more than one of them? Is there an infinite number of Sargeruses? If there's an infinite number of Sargeruses, I'm sorry, we're screwed. That would be the entire reason that the Titans would have argued there's only one true timeline. Because right. they don't want them linking up. Right. Imagine if the Titans were like, oh God, there'll be more than one of him. Right. Quickly, let's keep people from ever doing that. And now it's the age of mortals. And what's the first thing we do? Punch that. realities. Because <laughs> we can. <laughs> Bro fist to the science space time continuum. Awesome. <laughs> Oh god, this makes that episode of Voyager make no sense. Oh like lord, sense. we're all turning into lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next one is probably going to be our last question because it's a fairly long and involved one. And Adam, is, I refuse. I refuse to think about the episode where Tom Paris sexes up Captain Janeway. So no, no, not Catherine Janeway. Lizard Captain Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> Salamander Janeway. Well, to be fair, he was Lizard Paris. So. <laughs> They were just lizards. Just terrible. Oh, God. Lizard thing. This one is also not signed. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Hi, guys. Long-time listener. This is my first time writing in. Since you are now Blizzard Watch and I don't feel bad asking, I would love some more Diablo lore talk. Don't get me wrong. I like listening to all the WoW lore stuff, too. But honestly, WoW sort of bores me right now, and I find myself playing more D3 and Marvel Heroes. Anyway, some topics I would love to hear your thoughts on. Is there a god in the Diablo universe? Um, thoughts on Tyrael becoming an archangel again? I was hoping he would. Should we do would. this one at a time, too? Yeah, all right, fine. First one, is there a god in this universe? Kinda. Sorta. At the, beginning, at the beginning of the universe, there was only Anu. Anu was the everything. There was no universe aside from Anu. There was just Anu. And Anu looked at himself and said, Hmm, hey me, uh, since I'm all that is, how come I have evil? I don't like that. I'd like to just be good. So, since Anu was everything, Anu made that happen. And that left Anu split. There was Anu, who was all good, and then there was all the evil that Anu had contained within itself, because Anu was everything. All that evil coalesced into a being called Tathamet, which had multiple heads, because that's what you do when you're an evil thing that just got coalesced. And Tathamet was like, you just dumped me! You just... I was the only... We were the only thing that existed, and you dumped me! I am so going to kill you! And so they fought for however long they fought. We, there's no way to tell because they were it. They were the only things that existed. It was them. It was just fought. them. And they finally, in one of those things you see like in a Dragon Ball Z episode where they both wind up their ultimate attack, they wound up their ultimate attacks and they took each other out. Uh, unfortunately for them, that wasn't the end of the story. When they blew up, they created Heaven, Hell, and Pandemonium. 
because that's how epic their you know d- double punch thing was. Uh, Tathomet got split into the prime and lesser evils. Each of the prime and lesser evils is one seventh of Tathomet. Like one of the heads. Yeah, basically it was a multi-headed dragon, and each of them is one of the heads. Uh, and then the rest of the demons kind of came out of the bo- the goo and so forth that was left. Then the hells formed around it. It was like you know that's how horrible that was that hell formed as kind of a cyst around Tathomet's essence. Uh, meanwhile, the heavens were formed because a piece of the only piece of remaining of Anu. If you remember in Diablo three when you're marching up to the crystal spire, that's yeah. all that's left of Anu. And Literally, the angels, that's all yeah, that's left of them. Yeah, and the angels kind of come out of it. Like when that that thing is constantly giving off a kind of music of the spheres, and that's what births the angels. All the archangels, all the angels, boom, they all come from that. So yes and no as to whether or not there's a god in the universe. There was, and he killed himself. And nobody really kind of talks about that yeah. as much. Well, but I think it's an important backstory because it makes it makes sense. I, I mean, oh, at yeah. one end, I really like the Diablo lore because it's it gets very metaphysical. Mm-hmm. At points, in that there's a lot of um, anthropomorphic representation of good and evil in the universe, and it's not just angels are good and demons are bad type thing, even though it portrays itself as that in some very simplistic respects. Um, well, another way to look there's at almost, it, there's almost a lot of transubstantiation going on too, right? Yeah. Well, there's an interesting thing when you look at the way the angels and demons are portrayed. Uh, it's good and evil are almost simplistic labels for what they really are. It's like they're the ultimate forms of like order and corruption order and chaos and chaos isn't even quite right because they don't just they're not just chaotic it's, they're corrupting they're they evil corrupt yeah they're evil it's like they are chaotic evil like if you want to use D terms the yeah. chaotic evil over there that's yeah. true yeah. yeah but i'm gonna answer the, uh, we'll do the second one next uh thoughts on Tyrion become an archangel again i was hoping he would after we beat mouthiel but no such luck i like him as a human yeah i don't i don't I Boy, like, he's a handsome guy. Yeah, he is. Oh, I could listen to him read the phone book too. Anyway, um, <laughs> look, all I'm saying. No, her, him and Gul'dan, like Gul'dan and Tyriel, read Anne a bedtime story. We'd never see her again. No. <laughs> oh God, nothing appropriate. Let's continue. I, I really, I really liked what happened to him, and I and I liked the whole. He he, kind of stepped down to become like this champion thing. I don't, I don't know if I'd want to see him become an archangel. I mean, I guess somewhere down the road it might be cool, but for right now, I like what they did with him, and I like where he's at. He's good. okay. Third question: What's the difference between humans and Nephilim? I've written. Ooh, I can answer quite- this one. Oh, right, you go. Okay, so Nephilim are the children of demons and angels. They are like the direct descendants, super-powered, right? Humans are kind of the diluted form of Nephilim. They're like further on down the evolutionary tree as far as that goes. So they're nowhere near as powerful. And the reason we haven't had Nephilim for a long, long time is because of the World Stone. Yeah. Uh, to, to try and break this one down really fa- like basically there was, a, there was an angel and a demon, Inarius and Lilith. Some versions say that Inarius was an archangel. Others just say angel. But at either rate, the two of them got together and were like, you know, I hate this war. You know, I hate this war, too. Let's get together everybody we can and go hide. And they created... Let's they just go went, chill out in our chill castle. They went and stole the World Stone, 
also yep. known as the Eye of Anu. The Eye of Anu is the only other remaining piece of the universe. It's actually more primal than the Crystal Arch because the Crystal Arch is the spine of the split Anu, whereas the Eye of Anu is like a piece of both of them, and it has basically the power to create worlds, which is why they were fighting over it. Because each one's like, we can't let the other guys have that. They'll totally use it against us. This group went and stole it, took it out of Pandemonium Fortress, and made a world in that sanctuary. And then they started getting busy. Because I guess when you're alone, uh, suddenly, like, you know, you're looking at the demon that you're hanging out with, and you're like, wow, you totally do that whole seductive thing, don't you? Uh, wow. We're going to be here forever, right? So, you want to come back into my place? You know, the place <laughs> we just made? We could totally, you know. So they did, and they started having kids. And the thing is, is that, remember, Anu split himself into good and evil, yeah. and then good and evil fought, and then they died, and they good and evil as we have them now the angels and the demons were born out of that so they're they're limited because they don't have the other side's nature in themselves they only have the side that they inherited but their children hearken back to the primal anu because they're they have both. like many anus yeah they have both and they scared the heck out of their parents yeah they were like For good oh reason. they were yeah. ridiculously powerful Oh, we we made a mistake. We made a big mistake. Um, Inarius, can we just kill them? And he's like, how? I have no idea. Um, Lilith also got mad and then killed everybody, but that's a different story. So the World Stone was used, the same World Stone that created Sanctuary. It was the only thing powerful enough to, to basically keep the Nephilim from growing in power. Yep. And Inarius used it to basically turn off their Nephilim status. It's like he checked a box on the universe saying, no Nephilim. Nope. And so as long as the World Stone existed... The Nephilim's powers were suppressed, and they couldn't. So you just had humans. Yeah, and there's the Sin War, but that's that's a sub that's a big sub thing. So, yeah, big. Going to the next question, with the new wardrobe function and a tab for wings, will we see a way to get more wings? I'd love Tyrael wings. Yeah, okay, I'm I'm down with that. More wings. Wings. Wings would be cool. Wings are really nice when you're playing in multiplayer. By the way. Yeah. If you're in multiplayer and especially like doing some tier six or, or put it down, it's a tier torment six, right? Um, mm-hmm. Turn on your wings so that everybody can follow you when you're running around like a madman. Yeah. Please. I can testify that when I'm playing with my wife, I, I look for any means necessary to follow her. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts on future classes? I know Necromancer is a popular one, but the similarity to the Witch Doctor will probably prevent that. Druid, another possibility? Oh, if they brought back Diablo 2 Druids. Oh, <gasps> God, I love Diablo I, I think Druids. That's, I think that's the most likely. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd be all for that. Yeah, big old werewolves. Honestly, I mean, I'd love to see Diablo 3 takes on a lot of the old classes. Um, we got the Crusader taking basically the place of the Paladin. And so maybe not so much seeing just the return of the Druid, but something like that with the Diablo 3 take. Um, the only class we got back that we got, you know, the same name, same basic type is the Barbarian. And I think that's a good choice. But I liked what they did with the Crusader because it, it is it is Paladin-like. But Crusader's it's, fun. Yeah, it's... Man, if if, if, if if World of Warcraft Paladins played like Crusaders, I'd probably play one. Huh. I'll be honest with you, man. That They just... Woof, the Crusader's awesome. I, I have not had as much fun in a video game is leveling a crusader on my PS4 copy of Diablo 3. Just a good time. And you know, I I think in general that would be cool. I I've to 
I, I don't know otherwise. I mean, like, we have a lot of casters. We've got the Witch Doctor. We've got the the, the Wizard. Um, I, we have the Demon Hunter, which isn't a caster, but it's, you know, it's ranged. And we have th- we have basically that that many melee as well. We've got the Crusader, we've got the Monk, and we've got the Barbarian. So... A new you class. Know, what do you, I, you have to look at what what does it bring? What does it do? I would just like to kind of see since balance doesn't totally matter all that much in Diablo three, uh, especially and now at the state the game's in. Um, I would like Blizzard just to pull something that they've never done before, just something really really crazy, and just go with it. I mean, eh. I don't know if Anne has anything to say. She hasn't said anything. Wait, what? Do you, do you think of another class? Just, the, you know, what he said about a future class will do something crazy. Do you have anything? I want to see a druid. <laughs> I As soon as you said druid, I was like, ooh, ooh, no, that would be great. I want to see that. Okay. Basically, I would really love to hear more about Diablo stuff as I feel the lore is every bit as interesting, if not more so than WoW's lore. Uh, thanks for your great work. I love listening to you guys. Well, thank you. Um, and that's pretty much the show, isn't it? It is, and you've you've given us all a very nice bedtime story with uh, Diablo lore. Thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> Honestly, the Diablo lore goes. There's a lot to it, and I it's haven't really, yeah. it's really, you know how WoW has like these giant gaps. Diablo doesn't really have those gaps per se. They they they've gone to great trouble to kind of fill everything in and fill it out. And Diablo it, has an amazing creation story. It's yeah, it's got an amazing creation story. There's several Diablo books out there. Go uh, go get like the I think we've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast, but like the the Book of Cain and the Book of Tyrael. Yeah. Go buy those. They oh are God, those fantastic. Are they are fantastic. Those are like you're going to spend Five hours reading them, just straight kind of pouring over them. Yeah, they're, they're really well made. Um, yep, and I really, totally I, I like Diablo lore. I mean, Diablo lore takes that kind of darker turn that the WoW lore kind of touches on every now and again, but doesn't quite dive into as deeply. Well, um, I would actually say that it's interesting that the the Burning Legion is very much a lawful evil organization again yeah. using D and D terms, whereas yeah. the the demons in Diablo are straight up chaotic evil, as evil as they can get. They They're yeah, like, ooh, racing towards this. You know, I'm literally going to drink out of a baby's skull just to just to mess with you. Not even because I need to. I just have it, and I'm going to drink out yeah, of it. Yeah, I think Why even Jaden and Archmond would be kind of taken aback with those Diablo. Guys are, those guys are creepy, man. <laughs> yeah, those guys are. Those guys are extreme. They're going ham on the universe over there. They're going ham on the <laughs> on the Black Soul Stone. Wow. All right, that's the show, everybody. That's Again, the podcast. <laughs> if you've got an email for the podcast, send it to the podcast at blizzardwatch.com. And thank you very much for listening. You guys got anything? Good night. Have a good night, everybody. Adios.